First Timothy chapter number one, reading together verses 12 through 17. First Timothy one, verses 12 through 17. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now, now, unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, help us tonight, please. From our hearts we bow our knee and we confess that we are the inferior, unworthy creatures and that you are the Almighty and, and that it truly is our honor and our privilege to serve you. And pray, Lord, you'd help us tonight to that end in Jesus' name and amen. Can, can, we, can we say, can we be honest with each other, when we read verse 17, the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, can we say tonight that God really doesn't need our help to do anything, but that is, it is our great honor and our great privilege to be permitted to serve Him, work for Him, do, do anything for Him? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Could, could we not admit tonight that whatever task might be set before us. Deacon, usher, Sunday school teacher, personal worker, soul winner, street preacher, whatever the case might be. Could, could we be honest tonight and say, there's probably someone somewhere, many people in many places, better qualified to do that than I am? Would, would, could, would that be okay if we just, just started there? So, so the Lord is not asking for our help because he needs our help. And the Lord is not asking for our service because we're the, we're the best person available and if God could, it's, it's not that. He's long suffering to save us and he's long suffering to allow us to serve and he's gracious and merciful to save us and he's gracious and merciful to allow us to serve. But here's, here's what's so super encouraging to me, and I hope it will be to you. This God, who is eternal, immortal, invisible, and wise, verse number 12 says, he enabled Paul to serve him. What, what an incredible thing, and, and this is what I can say to, to every one of you tonight. The, the same God who is willing to save you is willing to give you whatever enabling ability is necessary for you to serve Him. That's really great. 
because I, I, I could look at God as, as the only wise God and say I'm not wise enough to serve him. Or I could look at the only wise God and say, what if he gave me wisdom? I could look at this almighty God and say, I don't have the strength to minister on his behalf. But then I could look to that almighty God and say, what a, what a great thing that he would give me strength to minister for him. And, and the pattern that we have in these verses is not just a pattern that the Lord will save the soul of a lost man and convert that man to saving faith, but that he will then give him an enabling, an ability, an opportunity to serve the Lord. That's, that's the pattern. Amen. And so I will show you uh, some verses tonight in the New Testament and then come back to our passage on this enabling. God, God let's just say it this way. God provides everything you need to serve him, if you are a desirous and willing to serve him, God will give you everything you need to do that. It's really, really great. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians 4 and verse number 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, he did that in Genesis 1, to give the light, hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I needed to know who Jesus Christ was. Saul of Tarsus needed to know who Jesus Christ was. The light of the gospel shone upon Paul just as surely as the light of creation shone upon this earth. And that light that, that shows me who Christ is, what Christ did, why I need Christ, how Christ saved me, I didn't find a switch and turn on that light. God shined that light into my heart. Praise the Lord. And, and I, I'm, no, I'm no Calvinist, not a Calvinist bone in my body, but if you were saved, it was God's idea before it was your idea. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't find Jesus Christ. The Lord sent someone to introduce Jesus Christ to you. And I'm thankful tonight that everyone who is here, you say, well, I could never serve God. I, well, you could have never gotten saved. Yeah. If, if the grace of God that bringeth salvation had not yeah. appeared to all men. So, so God started this thing by bringing you, bringing me the light of the gospel, bringing salvation to our lost souls. Praise the Lord. Now, look in Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter four. Have you, have you been saved? Amen. You trusted Christ as your Savior. Yes, All right. Praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter four and verse number seven. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, uh, to, unto a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But 
speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. When God saved you, when he gave you salvation, he then gave you pastors, teachers, ministers, uh, older Christians, uh, Christians farther down the road than you were to bring you along to perfection in your doctrine, in your understanding, in your practice of the Christian life. Praise the Lord. He didn't save you and then say, now go serve me. He saved you and put you in a body of believers so you could be taught what to preach when you went forth, how to go forth, what attitude to have, how to, how to serve God, how, how Christians serve God, how Christians don't serve God, how we minister for God one to another. Thank the Lord. He didn't just give you salvation. He gave you membership in his church. He gave you access to, to a, a more advanced and more mature and more learned Christians to bring you along and bring you up to speed so that you could serve God. What a, what a blessing. Saul of Tarsus is converted on that road to Damascus. And he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And he said, I want you to go to a house and sit there until Ananias comes and tells you what you need to know. Well, thank the Lord God was willing to put Paul in the ministry. But he wasn't willing to put him into the ministry until somebody had come and given him some understanding and some instruction and, and, and thank, thank God for it. Praise the Lord. So if you want to be in the service of the Lord, God will put in your life servants of the Lord who can teach you, instruct you, guide you, help you uh, learn how to do these things. And it says to everyone, given every one of us these same gifts and these same opportunities. Amen. Now, somebody says, and some of you have said in time past, and here you are, and somebody will, will say right now, they'll, they'll send in a, a text message or, or a, a post or something, and they'll say, well, what do I do? There's, there's, there's no place in my town where I can learn the Bible. There's no place in my town where I can get in fellowship and learn how to serve God. Well, if the, you didn't have a job in your town, would you stay there and starve? Right. Yeah. Or would you go somewhere else and get a job? Right. Yeah. If every grocery store in your town closed up, would you just go hungry until, until you wasted away? Or would you drive somewhere and find a grocery store? Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. So the Lord may not, may not have a, a church next door to you when you get saved. You might have to change doors. Right. Yes, sir. Amen. But it's there. It's available. And, and thank God for it. Okay, look in John 16 and James chapter 1. John chapter 16 and James chapter number one. The Bible's a big book. The Bible's a complicated book. The Bible is a detailed book. What do I do? Where do I start? John chapter number one. I'm sorry, John 16 and James chapter one. Don't, don't mean to confuse you there. I'm confused sometimes. I don't mean to confuse you. John 16, here we go, verse number 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth has come, when you got saved, did not the Word of God say He gave to every person who trusted Christ, His Spirit came to live inside you? He did say that. Yes, Praise the Lord. All right. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit has come, He will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So God gave you the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And that Holy Spirit is within you to guide you in the truth that glorifies Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, he didn't say he will force you. He didn't say he will drag you. He didn't say he will make you enter into, but he said he will guide you. You want to follow the guide, he'll get you the knowledge. Yes, sir. Now, Hymenaeus and Alexander, we read about in 1 Timothy chapter number one, they, they had to be dismissed from the company of believers. Why? They wouldn't be guided. Well, we can't force you to have right doctrine. We can't force you to participate properly in a church. So you're going to, well, well how, come, how, come, uh, how come they've departed? How come they're gone? Because they, they wouldn't follow the guidance. How come Timothy's still there? How come there's a great church at Ephesus still there? Because some people want to be guided. If you want to know the Bible, the Holy Spirit of God will get you the information you need. If you want to know how to witness, if you want to know how to, how to teach children, if you want to know how to disciple adults, the Holy Spirit of God is available and present to guide you into that truth. Yeah. Thank the Lord. You didn't have salvation, God will give you salvation. You, you didn't have gifted people to help you, God give you gifted people to help you. You didn't have knowledge of the Bible, Holy Spirit will give you knowledge of the Bible. Thank God. Amen. Look at James chapter 1. So, well, you know, I didn't have a good upbringing. Uh, I, I wasn't, wasn't properly prepared for life. I wasn't well trained. Uh, I've had some bad situations in my life. Okay, well, look at this. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, nobody's finding fault with someone who gets saved and doesn't know how to live. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him." Praise the Lord. I don't know. Okay, I just got saved. I don't know how to do family. I don't know how to do friendships. I don't know how to do church. Have you asked God for wisdom? That's good. Haughty spirit won't help you. Yes, Contentious attitude won't help you. Yes, but a humble spirit going before God and saying, God, I don't want to do this wrong. I want to do it right. Yeah. I don't want everything in my life to be a problem. I don't want everything in my life to be a blessing. God, show me how. Give me wisdom. And what will he do? Well, he'll say, I gave you the Holy Spirit to teach the truth of the Bible. I give you gifted people to show you how to, how to live that Christian life. Let's get at it. Praise the Lord, He provides the salvation, He provides the teaching, He provides the knowledge, He provides the wisdom. That's a pretty good enabling. Look in Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs 18 and verse number 16. Proverbs 18. Verse 16, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. You know what the Lord will do? He'll not only enable you to minister, he will provide you with opportunity to minister. Isn't that a blessing? 
So I'm, I'm being discipled uh, day, to, day to day, just spending time uh, with, uh, going, going to work, going to college, and then after, after work in, in the morning and after college in the, in the daytime, we'll get together with Alfred, we'll go out knocking on doors, go out on visitation, go out, hand out gospel tracts, and we'd be talking in that, uh, riding in that El Camino, and he'd say, what would you like to do? What would you really like to do? I said, I'd like to preach the gospel to everybody all over the world if I could. I'd like to preach to all these different countries. I'd like to go from church to church and preach. I said, I'd like to have a group of people just to stand in front of them and teach them the Bible. And he, he said, all right, let me show you how to make that happen. Just obey God and learn the Bible. He said, never invite yourself, never ask, never, never try to kick a door open. He said, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him for a great man. He said, if you'll make yourself uh, uh, somebody that God is willing to use, God will give you more to do than you'll be able to do Amen. in your lifetime. God will give you people to witness to if you want to be a witness. God will give you somebody to disciple if you want to disciple somebody. God will give you somebody to pray for if you're willing to pray. Praise the Lord. God give you salvation, that's a pretty good gift. God give you the Holy Spirit, that's a pretty good gift. God give you people to teach you the Bible and show you how to the Christian life, that's a pretty good gift. Now, that gift will, will find you a place in the service of God, in the work of God. Thank the Lord for it. In fact, look how... how uh, specific this becomes. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll just uh, narrow this down. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse number 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Oh, we like that verse. We like that verse. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he should direct thy path. Yeah, but are you trusting the Lord with all your heart? Or are you leaning your own understanding? When the Holy Spirit shows you a verse in the Bible that says, do this, and you say, well, yeah, but I, I think I got a different idea on that. Well, don't trust you. Right. Trust the Lord. Somebody says, well, here's what, here, here's what God wants you to do, make your family work. Here's what God wants you to do, make your finances work. Here's what God wants you to do, make your church life work. Well, I just don't understand why I have to do that. Okay, so what are you going to do? Wait till you understand or you're going to do what God asks you to do? So the Lord is willing to direct our paths. Isn't that great? Man, you know, if I, if I told God I was going to serve Him in my life, I would, I would know what, what, what to do next. Well, you, you're not going to know what to do next until you're willing to do it. But if you're willing to do it, the Lord direct you, direct you, direct you, direct you. Let me show you. Look in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter 8. And verse number 4. Therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. What's Philip doing? He's preaching Christ. Isn't that a blessing? All right, verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip gets in that chariot and leads that Ethiopian man to saving faith in Jesus Christ. You say, how did he get in that chariot? Because when God told his, his believers to go preach to everybody, Philip went and preached. 
And when they, when they drove him out of Jerusalem, he didn't say, well, that's it, I quit, this is too hard. He went to Samaria and started preaching because Christ said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And he went and preached. And the Holy Spirit said, there's a man I can trust. I got a guy riding down the highway down there in a chariot, and he's looking for me and can't find me. Philip, get on that road, travel quick. When you find that chariot, get in that chariot, tell that man about Jesus. So, boy, I wish the Lord direct me like that. Well, have you done what he asked you to do? Philip did the first thing God asked him to do, and the second thing God asked him to do, and the third thing God asked him to do, and he ended up, the fourth thing God asked him to do was get in that chariot and win that man to Christ. Now, God gave Philip pretty clear direction, and he'll do the same for you. Look at chapter 10 of Acts. Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter 10. Uh, Peter's up on the roof and he's trying to figure out, could it really be true? I can eat all this stuff. And <laughs> verse 19, when Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. Uh, what is the cause? Wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one that feareth God of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. What Peter, you know what Peter wants to do? He wants to tell everybody he can about Jesus Christ. In fact, in fact, he left the safety of an upper room, went down to the streets of the city where Christ had been crucified and preached the gospel in Acts chapter number two. This is a man that's willing in his heart to serve God. And look how God directs that man. Right to the house of Cornelius, right to the home of a fellow that's seeking the Lord and seeking God. I'm telling you, there's somebody in this town, somebody in this town wants to get saved. I, I hope God can count on me, count on you to get to that man's house. There's, there's somebody going to work tomorrow that that's, they've just hit the end of the road and they need something else. And I hope God can count on you to open, open your mouth and speak to them. Look, if you're willing, if you're willing, God will make you able. God will make you, so I just don't have the ability. No, you never, how, how, uh, compared to who? God? Of course you don't have the ability. Compared to the, the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, of course you're not good enough. But He can make you able. He can enable you. Praise the Lord. Look in Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. Well, I got this idea. I've got this plan. I, I, I feel this, this leading in my heart. Okay, well, let me show you this. Acts 16, verse number six. Now, when they had gone th uh, throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia and assayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not, they passing by Mysia came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Isn't that a great story about the Philippian jailer getting saved? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Yeah, Paul and Silas ended up face to face with that man. God wouldn't let them go three places they wanted to go. God wouldn't let them do three things they tried to do. Paul's not a rebel. Paul's not fighting against God. He wants to go this way, and God says, no. He wants to go that way, and God says, no. And then the Lord said, 
Wow, look at that. I said, no, and he stopped. Hey, Macedonian man, go tell Paul, come my way. Maybe you thought you were going to be a pastor, and God said no. Maybe you thought you were going to be an evangelist, God said no. Maybe you thought you were going to be a missionary, and God said no. Maybe you thought you were going to have a big family, and God said no. Listen, trust Him. His no's are just as much a part of His enabling for your life as His yeses. It's okay to want to do something for God, but it's better to want to do what God lets you do and what God gives you the ability to do. I'll give you, just give you one example. I, um, I wanted to, the only way I knew what God wanted me to do is try everything, and, and it became more obvious what He didn't want me to do than what He did want me to do. <laughs> and I thought, this back before COVID and HIPAA laws and all that stuff, you used to be able to just go to the hospital and just, just go visit everybody. You didn't have to badge and photograph and all that kind of stuff, tell them who you're going to see. You just went to the hospital. And I thought, man, what a great ministry. Just go from room to room to room and, and pray with people and talk to people and witness to people and win people to Christ. And I found out when I get in a hospital room and see stuff going in people in one tube and out of people in another tube and, and, and all the sights and the sounds and the smells, twice I just passed out in a hospital room. It just, it just overwhelmed me. I woke up, I'm on the floor. <laughs> Nurses, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, what happened? I don't know what happened. Listen, to this day, I'm willing to do that if it's, if it's what God wants me to do. But he obviously has not enabled me <laughs> to be the, the hospital guy. Amen. You get all banged up out here in the parking lot, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. Call somebody. <laughs> you, you don't want me blacking out on top of you. <laughs> and then you go in the hospital. Bless your heart. I, I will come, if you're in the hospital, I'll come see you. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'll be glad to come see you. But I don't need to see where they cut you, okay? <laughs> Let me show you what they did to me. No, no. <laughs> show your wife. She gets paid for that. I don't, I don't, that's not part of, my, part of my job description. But, but. And listen, I thank, I thank God for people with, with jail ministries. You've got to have a certain kind of heart being there and, and have a good attitude working in, in, in that situation. And, and some of you work with children. Now, I couldn't have children's ministry. I just look at them, they get scared. I don't know what it is. Well, you could tell me what it is. I don't want you to tell me what it is. But kids are all laughing. Hey! <laughs> all right, forget it. <laughs> so look, there's some things. Come on, don't you know there's some things that God has made you able to do and some things you've tried to do and you've liked to do and it just, it just doesn't work? Okay, praise God. Take the closed door as God's direction the same as the open door. Don't, don't be bitter or disappointed. Just find something else to do. Amen. But the church needs a good mechanic. It ain't me. Not me, man. I go in, they open up the hood and say, oh, man, you're, you're, uh, your tornado twister's all messed up. I thought that might be it. What's it cost? <laughs> $700. Is that a good price? It's a great price. And we'll knock 50 bucks off for you because you're a preacher. Thanks. <laughs> Get back to church, tell Wayne my tornado twister's messed up. He said, I can fix that for 500. <laughs> no. <laughs> some things I can do and I, some things I can't. Some things you can do and some things you can't. Find out what you can do for God and do it and let Him help you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. 
All right. Where to minister, where not to minister, guidance. Look at Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. So he provides salvation. He provides gifts. He provides knowledge. He provides wisdom. He provides opportunity. He provides guidance, uh, including where to minister and where not to minister. And then Philippians 4, this is really great. Philippians 4, verse number 9. None of these things which ye have both, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. My God, verse, or, or, or well, let me, let me back up here, 14. Notwithstanding you've done well, you did communicate my affliction. Now you Philippians know also in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Paul had one supporting church. For even Thessalonica, you sent once and again to my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. My God, supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He provided the things Paul needed to sustain him physically and materially as he served God. So what am I saying to those of you about to go to the mission field or praying about going to the mission field? I would say, number one, you're not able. And number two, God will make you able. Want to go out and start church? You want, to, you want to start a new ministry? You want to put your arm around somebody and disciple them? You want to fix up, fix up uh, something needs fixing up in a church? Here's the first thing you got to say, God, I'm not able to do this. And second thing is say, God, I know you can make me able. And what a blessing. What a blessing. Now back to 1 Timothy. Back to 1 Timothy. There's one thing you have to provide. God will provide everything you need if He finds you willing to provide this one thing. 1 Timothy 1.12 And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that He counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. The one thing God cannot do is make you faithful if you're not faithful. That comes from your heart. That comes from your will. That comes from your desire. Now, I want you to think about something. We saw this morning, God wants to save everybody, and, and, and I know that and I believe that. But the Holy Spirit has the Apostle Paul say right here, God counted him faithful before he put him into the ministry. See, when God looked at Paul, he didn't see a man that wanted to travel the world and preach. He saw a man that would do whatever his job required of him. What his parents required of him, what his employer required of him, what his God required of him, what the leaders at the temple required of him. God saw a man that what he was asked to do, he would do it to the, to the fullest extent of his, of his ability. And it's as if the Lord looked down and said, if I could just get that guy right there. If I, if I could get that man on my side fighting for me instead of against me. I could get this gospel all over South Asia or, or South Europe. Praise the Lord. 
Now, here's what would be nice. Here's what would be nice. If the Lord looking down tonight on you, sir, looking down tonight on you, uh, sister, some teenager here tonight, if God was looking down and saying, look at how that man gives his best to whatever he does. If I could get his heart. Look at how that woman devotes herself. She doesn't do anything halfway. She does, she's all in. If I could get her devoted to me. So, if you'll have enough character to be faithful, God can give you the ability to do whatever it is, whatever it is that He wants for you to do. But you've got to be faithful. Now, here's what I struggle with. I'm just going to be honest with you. Here's what I struggle with. Somebody says, I, I, want, you, I want your commendation. I want your recommendation to, to go to the mission field. I want your commendation. I want your recommendation to go, go start a church. I, I want you to, put, to give me your approval to, to work in or start some kind of ministry here in the church. Here's the problem. So many times over the years, I've had to say, knows the Bible, knows the scriptures, good teacher, good personality, but not faithful. Not faithful. Can't keep a job. Can't keep a relationship. Can't show up on time. Can't, can't, can't do what he's asked to do. Always got some excuse or some reason. Listen, you can, have the, you can be the greatest preacher. You can have the most knowledge. You can have the, the most outstanding, winsome personality. But if, God can't, if people can't count on you, God can't count on you. And Paul, I'll tell you something, man. When he said, when he told the Lord, I'll go on that missionary journey, beatings didn't stop him, whipping didn't stop him, hunger didn't stop him, lies didn't stop him, false accusing didn't stop him, people dropping out and quitting didn't stop him. God said, if I, if I give that guy a job to do, nothing's going to stop that man until they execute him. And that's what the Lord's looking for. All you young men, all you young ladies in the, in the Bible school, you so you know, I'm not a straight A student. Yeah, but will you, will you finish what you started? Amen. I'm not a great soul winner. Well, will you try? I, I, I'm not the best at this. I'm not the best at that. Yeah, but what, does God know that if you're given a task, you'll do it? Good. Now, you can get, you can get uh, aggravated with him. Uh, I do sometimes. Don't tell him I said so. Sam told me 20 years ago, he'd clean that entryway for church service. He's out there this morning with a mop, and every time one of you walked through the mud and walked across the rug without wiping your feet and walked in the lobby and dragged the mud in your feet, Sam got up off that couch, vacuumed, the, 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 picked up the dirt, in, and went out with the mop and cleaned the... He's out there all through, all through the the first service this morning. Doing what? What he said he'd do 20 years ago. Yeah. Just faithful. Amen. Just faithful. Somebody you can count on. And here's what the, Lord, the Lord's looking for. He's not looking for somebody to go to the Navajo Reservation or New Guinea or Nebraska and wow everybody. He's looking for somebody to just get up every day and do what they told God they'd do and be faithful to it and stick it out and persevere and let, let, God, let God's ability take you as far as it can go, but it can't take you any farther than your faithfulness. 
You want your daughter marrying a guy with lots of money and, and lots of charisma and lots of good looks and lots of job opportunities who's not faithful? You want your son marrying a girl that's, that's you know, she, she's the beauty queen and she's she memorized all the Bible verses and she, and, but she's not faithful? I don't want you marrying somebody that's not faithful. Faithful is a big deal. We don't, we don't need people bringing babies into the world and then not raising them. We need faithful fathers and faithful mothers seeing that job through to the end. And I, I've made many mistakes through the years thinking if I gave somebody more to do or something to do, it would make them faithful. God helping me, I'll never do that again. I, I've violated the scriptures. You know what Paul said? God counted me faithful. And he put me in the ministry. He didn't put him in the ministry to see if it would make him faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have, I, I think, I think we have a great church. Amen. I mean, just, Amen. I do. I think we have a great church. We have a great church because some people signed on to help with oversight of this church and they've stuck with it for decades. Help with finances, stuck with it with decades. Help with keeping the building maintained, stuck with it for decades. Help, help run buses, uh, church street ministry, nursing home ministry, Daytona Beach ministry, stuck with it five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You can't do all we're doing with hit and miss people. You can't do all we're doing with people who start and don't see it through. Faithful, faithful. Praise the Lord. So God, God set forth this pattern, the Apostle Paul. Injurious past, blasphemous past, gloriously saved, enabled for service, enabled for ministry, and all, all Saul slash Paul had to bring to the table was faithfulness. If you'll be faithful, God will provide everything else. Praise the Lord. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you that you'd be willing to use somebody like me, somebody like, like well, all of us sitting here. Who, who are we compared to the King Eternal, the King Immortal, the only wise God? Who are we? Father, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory forever and ever. We thank you for your enabling gifts. Lord, would you please, please, Find us faithful, we ask, in Jesus' name, and amen.